Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Nina. And you're listening to Slice Slice of Murder. Murder. today but just as a warning you might hear screaming and chainsaw (laughs) noises in the background we're not up to anything bad texas chainsaw massacre is just playing downstairs so we're not we're not doing any of that (laughs) yeah we're just preparing ourselves for universal studios horror nights yeah if any of you guys are going we went last year and it was really fun but this year we're trying to watch all the movies of the mazes before we get there and yeah. do the mazes just so we understand all the references because last year we just came in like blindly and we didn't understand all the props or all the details that yeah. were in yeah yeah but it was still fun yeah i'm excited for this year i think it'll be really fun yeah all right um so today i don't think we have anything too much to talk about before we get started no we are going to be doing the case of sarah stern um i chose to do this case because it actually happened not too far from where i live so i feel like i don't know it just like really resonated with me and i feel like when you have connections with Mm -hmm. the people in these cases it just hits so much harder. So yeah. I wanted to tell her story because I've never really heard it before. Um, and I think that it's an important story to tell. It just like freaks me out because you'll see, but it just kind of shows how you really can't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really sad, but I'll give you a quick synopsis. So on December 2nd, 2016, Sarah Stern, a 19 year old from Neptune City was murdered in her home by her childhood friend. Her car was found abandoned on a bridge over Shark River in Belmar, New Jersey, but her body has never been recovered. This case marked one of the first no-body homicide cases to go to trial in Monmouth County since 1975. What could have caused her childhood friends to resort to such a heinous crime? Slice of Murder details the motives and events of that December day, as well as the aftermath of Sarah's murder. I got most of my information from the Dateline podcast. It was about like an hour and 15 minutes, so it was super short. Um, titled The Betrayal of Sarah Stern. So I'm going to get started just with some personal background on Sarah, on her family, and then on who she was growing up. So Sarah Lee Stern was born on March 24th, 1997 to Carla and Michael Stern in Neptune, New Jersey. She was their only child, um, and she was kind of like a miracle baby because Carla Stern thought that she couldn't have kids, like she had been tested before, and doctors told her that she would probably never have kids. And then she ended up having Sarah kind of like by accident. I mean, they really wanted a child, but she did not think that she was ever going to have kids. So she was like a rainbow baby. That reminds me of the Kristen Smart case we just did. Yeah, yeah. her parents are similarly. Because it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she was the only child. They never had any kids after her. Um, but they did have a dog named Buddy who was like Sarah's best friend. Um, you know, her friends said that she, like, never went anywhere without Buddy. Like, she was always with him. She was always taking him on walks. And then they were really close, so she was, like, something of... He was something of, like, a sibling to her since she was an only child. Um, her mother, Carla Stern, ran a bookstore. 
in town and her father Michael was a facilities and quality control inspector at Brookdale Community College which is pretty close by as well. So Sarah had a pretty normal childhood. Um, She grew up with a bunch of neighbors. I'll talk a little bit more about her neighbors in a few minutes but she grew up with a pretty happy childhood. Um, You know she was always happy, always had a, had, always had a couple friends, especially in the neighborhood. But unfortunately, on February 4th, 2013, her mother Carla passed away from cancer. Um, Sarah was 15 years old when this happened, but her mom was a really big planner. So her mom had been kind of hiding away money and keeping money. She knew she was, she was struggling with this cancer for a while, like she had mm-hmm. been fighting it for quite a long time. So it was not a sudden death. She kind of knew that it was going to happen and she wanted to set up Sarah with enough money to follow anything that she wanted to do, follow her passions in life. Um, Her mom wanted to set her up to go to college and pursue her dreams, whatever that may be. That's so thoughtful of her to to be organizing as she's going through this, like probably like chemotherapy. Yeah. So did Sarah know that she, her mom was sick? So they did know her mom was sick. Um, Like I said, she'd been struggling with this for a long time. So I think Sarah kind of knew it was coming, Um, which I don't know. I feel like I always go back and forth. Like, would it be better to have a loved one like so sick for so long Mm -hmm. and kind of have to watch them suffer for so long? Or would it be better for them to not suffer as long but pass away like very quickly and I feel like I've heard accounts of people in both situations and I don't know I feel like either way that would be really hard but she did struggle with this for quite a while yeah um so her mom actually like didn't put this money in a bank account or didn't leave it to her in a will or anything her mom put this in cash so it was all in like cash bills wow yeah and and she put it in a shoebox in the family's second home in Avon by the sea so like I said, I, I lived down in this area um, in my in New Jersey, where I'm from. And so Avon-by-the-Sea and Neptune are pretty close by. And mm-hmm. Belmar, where she was found, is also very close by to all of those towns. Yeah. But a lot of people, like, rent out their houses in the summer. So I think that this second home was, like, something that they might have been renting out. Or maybe they just had it because it's closer to the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever it was, they had a second home. And uh, Sarah found this money in a shoebox when she was cleaning out her family's second home. Um, so she didn't know about it before? No. Her mom didn't tell her? No. So her mom didn't even tell her husband because Sarah's dad never even knew about this money until after she disappeared. Oh, my God. So, Good thing she found it. Yeah. So it kind of seemed like her mom wanted this just to be for Sarah and left her a note and, like, told her that oh. this money was for her, but she wanted it to, like, just be Sarah's. She yeah. didn't want any things standing in the way of Sarah having this Mm -hmm. money and using it for whatever she wanted. Yeah. Um, With, you know, and with a will and everything, um, things can get dicey with that, especially because Sarah was underage when her mom passed away. That's true. So a lot of times, you know, it'll be like, oh, well, you can't have the money until you turn 18. Or even with, like, life inheritance, it'll be like, oh, well, you, you know. You have limits. Yeah, the limits and things like that. So it just sounded like her mom wanted her to have this money just for her to do literally whatever she wanted with. Mm. So Sarah was really, really creative, and something that she was really interested in was art. She enjoyed drawing and painting and, like, literally any kind of artistic medium that you could think of. 
Um, and she attended a lot of conventions for content creation, like digital content creation, like YouTubers. So she was like really into YouTubers. She met like, did you ever watch Jenna Marbles? Yes, Yeah, so I she did. like met Jenna Marbles. Like she was really into like all of those YouTubers uh-huh. and things like that. And I, I feel like this is also why that this case hit so hard for me because she's almost my age. Like she's like, she yeah. was one year older than me because um, I was born in March 1998. So it's, like, all of her background and her childhood sounds so much like my childhood. That's creepy. Which is, like, I don't know. I feel like I just have had so many, like, connections to her and yeah. and things like that. Um, but Sarah's really into, into art, and that's what she wanted to end up doing with her life. Like, she wanted to go to college for art. She actually wanted to go to college in Canada instead of in, in the States. Mm. Um, and she really wanted to pursue art as her major and then like as her like life career that's pretty cool yes did you and sarah live the same city around the same time then um no because i used to live in north jersey and then we moved down we moved down to shore like last year Mm -hmm. yeah like last year so she passed away in 2016 which is like right when i graduated Mm -hmm. high school so i was still up there um but yeah she was really interested in art and that's like what she liked to do most in school as well like her art teachers like always loved her like growing up like they all said she had a passion and just like a natural instinct for art and just was like always naturally talented and then like on her Instagram like her Instagram's still up like she would just post pictures of our artwork like all the time so she was like interested in sharing her art and just like putting herself out there in the world um and she was also a swimmer so we have like another connection there wow and played softball for neptune high school okay which is like really weird because i swam in high school as well and like i remember going to neptune high school like for swim meets i don't think we ever swam against their team because like i tried to look up like i can look up like the records but we had um like that's where like some of our championship meets were like we would just like swim against another high school like at that high school but I was like, that would have been yeah. really freaky if I, like, swam against, against her, her like, and she was yeah. there, and she would have been on the team at the same time I was, because she's, yeah. like, And you never age. know, maybe you cross paths, yeah. and you don't even know it. So, I did, that just, like, kind of was, like, a weird connection, yeah. a weird Her connection, too. Um, so, she graduated high school, and like I said, she kind of wanted to go to Canada for college, but she was not in college yet um so I'm gonna get into the days of now um so she this was a year after she graduated from college uh, from high school because she would have graduated a year before me so she would have graduated in May 2015 Mm -hmm. and this was December 2016 so I think she was just like taking a year off like she wasn't in college yet I think she was probably just working and trying to save up some money um, just didn't really know where, like what she wanted to do just yet. So she wasn't in college, but this was like, she was a year out of high school at this point. Mm. So Sarah was alone this weekend. Her dad, um, had started dating a new woman and they were in Disneyland for, no, Disney World, yeah, Disney World Florida. for the weekend <laughs> in Florida. Yes. So like I said, she was an only child, so she was home alone. Um, and this weekend, she had just planned to hang out with some friends and just kind of go about her life. So on Saturday, December 3rd, 2016, at 2.46 a.m., 
a Uber driver called into Neptune City Police and reported an abandoned car on the Route 35 bridge above Shark River in Belmore, New Jersey. So I like drive over this bridge all the time when I'm home. Um, and it's a pretty wide bridge. So there's it's over the Shark River and there's like a median in the middle. And there's two lanes going one way and then like two lanes going the other way. Mm-hmm. So the Uber driver is going in the leftmost lane and saw this car parked in the rightmost lane, like right by the, um, like the part of the bridge that like looks over the water. And it's not like a huge bridge. It's not like one of the bridges that like has a bunch of structures in place to mm-hmm. stop people from going over it. Like it's a pretty small bridge. Um, so it, you could feasibly like jump off. Like there is, you know how there's like bridges where like it's impossible, like yeah. they have nets underneath and they have like these huge structures, mm-hmm. like gates and fences and stuff. Like, no, it's just like a regular road, but it like just goes over water. water. So it's not a huge bridge at all. Okay. Um, the car, a 1994 silver four-door Oldsmobile 88, was registered to Lillian Stern, Sarah's grandmother. And the police actually called Lillian Stern because they just, they found the title in the car and they found the registration. So they called her and they're like, your car is like parked on the bridge. Is everything okay? And she said, oh, I don't drive that anymore. Like, I gave it to my granddaughter, Sarah. Mm. So she had given the car to Sarah to have for herself. Um, And then after they found that out, they started looking for Sarah Stern. So they went to the house. They went to Sarah's house, knocked on the door, no response. So nobody was answering the door. Um, They called Sarah's father, who, like I said, was, like, in Disney World at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And they asked him if he could have... If he knew anything, if she had told him that she was going anywhere, yeah. and he was like, no, like, she should be at home. Like, she has no reason to be out at 2.45 in the morning. Um, she was, like, not old enough to go out yet. Like, she wasn't, you know, there would have been no reason for her to be out of the house at 2.45 in the morning, especially leaving her car on a bridge yeah, at 2.45 in the morning. Yeah, that's suspicious. So they called him, and, and he actually, like, started driving back immediately from Disney World, which is like a 16-hour drive oh from Florida <laughs> to New Jersey. Um, so he started driving back immediately as soon as he got the call and in order to like talk to the police and aid in the search for Sarah. But meanwhile, while he was driving back, um, still in the morning, so still in the early hours of the morning, they wanted to go talk to people that might have seen her last so they were searching all over for people that might have knew her, known her or might have seen her on the day before. And the very last person to see Sarah was her best friend, uh, Liam McAtosney. Liam was a college sophomore, and they had been friends since first grade. So they grew up together. They, they've been in the same school together. Um, but Liam did, was in college at this point. And Liam and Sarah worked together at the beach during summers, and they had spent all to get time together all day on December 2nd until Liam went to work. Okay. Um, she also spent time with her neighbors, the Drapers. So this is kind of what I was talking about before. Um, the Stearns had very, very close family friends, the Drapers, and they lived, like, kind of across the street from them, like, across the street diagonally from them. Um, and the Drapers said that they, like, almost co-parented their children together. So Aww. the Drapers had two children, and the Stearns had one, and they, like, grew up in the same neighborhood together. They would always play together. They would always, like, carpool together. Mm-hmm. Like, everything that they did almost when they were kids, like, they would do together. Um, 
And Sarah spent like her whole childhood with Carly and Sam, the Draper children. Um, Robin Draper, the mother, had seen Sarah as well on that final day. And Sarah had texted Robin on the 2nd to see if she could give Robin a box of like items that Sarah had in her house. So it seemed like Sarah was like kind of cleaning out her house, like mm-hmm. just kind of like, I don't know, it, the, the items in the box were like Halloween items, like these like old, just like coins and like things like that. Like it seemed like she was just trying to get rid of things like in the drawer. Yeah. And yeah, and Robin was really close with Sarah's mom who had passed away. So mm-hmm. I think like some of those things were her mom's stuff oh, okay. and she just wanted she to give her like something. Yeah. To, to remember her as by. So, um, Robin ended up not being there, but she said that Carly, that her daughter, was there. And so Carly said, told police that she and Sarah spoke that day and that Sarah had mentioned that, you know, she'd been butting heads with her dad lately and she was just kind of glad that she was, like, home Hello. for the weekend because, like, she and her dad had been arguing a lot yeah. lately. So Sarah, along with Liam, gave Carly Draper the box of items since Robin wasn't home, and Carly and Sarah made plans to hang out later that night, so Sarah was like, oh, do you want to hang out at my house tonight? My dad's not home. Like, if you want to come over, you can, and Carly said, sure, and then Liam and Sarah left. Um, So they went to Taco Bell together, they played video games, and then he went to his job. So he worked at a steakhouse Mm -hmm. in the area. And he said that he was supposed to get off around midnight that night, but he actually got off around 10 p.m. And he said he went home and went to sleep immediately after. Okay. Um, that was December 2nd. So then, flash forward to December 3rd at 2.45 a.m., they suddenly find Sarah's car on the bridge, abandoned, nobody's in it, and like, we need to figure out yeah, like, who, who saw her was she with? So... They end up going to the Drapers because they're asking around neighbors and they ask if anybody has seen her and they end up talking to the Drapers and tell them that Sarah's missing and they're like really close, close friendly friends and Robin is like, okay, well, like we just saw her today. Um, you know, she didn't seem like anything was going on. Like she didn't seem like anything was terribly wrong. But I saw her today as in September third? December December. Oh December second. December second. They found her car on December third, like at two forty five in the morning. Mm. So they saw her December second, like throughout the day. Yeah. Um and she's like, Oh well, nothing was like crazy wrong and Carly was like, Oh well we made plans to hang out that night, but like she never texted me. Like she never oh, like followed up. Like she never was like, Oh well come over now Um, But Robin did say that when police asked her, she said, yeah, like, I think Sarah's depressed. Like, I do think that, like, just talking to her and, um, you know, being around her just over the past, like, few months, I do think she's depressed. So they're trying to figure out maybe she, like, jumped over the bridge. Yes. Um, And she told police, she's like, oh, I have a terrible feeling about this car being abandoned. Like, I have a really bad feeling about this. Um, And they were the ones who had who told police that she had been with Liam McAtasney earlier mm-hmm. as well. So she, they told her, well, we saw her, you know, in the afternoon, but then she left. She was with Liam when she was over here, and she left with Liam, so maybe go talk to Liam. So they ended up going to Liam's house around 4 a.m. on December 3rd. So they found the car at 2.45, they talked to the Drapers, and then they go to Liam's house on December 3rd. Okay. Um, 
and they're like banging on the door. They're like, is Sarah here? Like, are you with Sarah right now? He says no. And they said, well, do you know where she is? Like, we found this car. Has she texted you? Has she called you? Has she reached out to you in any way? And he's like, no. And I actually can't find my phone, so I don't know if she's texted me. So he doesn't have his phone. <laughs> it's a little weird. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, but I feel like if I couldn't find my phone, I probably wouldn't go to sleep. Like, I don't, like, I yeah. mean, that's just the kind of person that I feel like I am. Like, and this is in 2016. Like, it wasn't like... <sighs> This is, like, in the yeah, age of, like, no cell phones. <laughs> like, you know, like, I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. We'll get into where his phone was later, but, like. And then. It was just weird that, like, he yeah, said that. He's yeah, nonchalant. Yeah. And also, did he show any kind of reaction to, like, the police telling him, like, oh, she's missing? So, he was pretty worried. Mm-hmm. Um. When they were talking to him, and then also in the days following, he gave a lot of interviews to media and things like that, and he was very, seemed very sincerely worried. But um, he then told police, he's like, well, I don't know where she is, but she doesn't have a good relationship with her dad. Like, they're always fighting, they're always at, at odds, like, they're never getting along, and she wants to run away to Canada. So her friends, like, knew that she wanted to moved to Canada like she just like fallen in love with Toronto she had been to like a couple video conventions up there and she like just like fall in love with the city she's like I just I really want to move here like I feel like this would be like a good place to yeah to pursue um so he told police like oh well you know she was thinking about running away to Canada like maybe she did that like maybe she just like left her car on the bridge and just like wanted to start over um and later in the day, the police come back, they go back to Liam's house, and Liam repeats that Sarah's been struggling in her relationship with her dad, and that, and at this point, Sarah believed that Sarah might be a runaway or a victim of suicide. So they either believe that, you know, she's gone to Canada, she is just, like, we hear the stories of, like, people who just kind of, like, abandon everything. Yeah, and, and go. And go. Run away. Um... Or she was a victim of suicide because her car was found so close to the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, this river is pretty rough, and it's the middle of December, so it's freezing cold. Um, both Carly Draper, who's Rob, Sarah's friends, and Sarah's dad stated that they're immediately worried that Sarah might have jumped off. So it does sound like she had been struggling mm-hmm. with some mental health issues. Because even her dad, because like, even her dad was like, okay. yeah, even her dad was like, I just worried immediately that Sarah had done something, like, without thinking, like she had just been in a bad state of mind and done like a made a rash decision, like she hadn't yeah. been thinking about the outcomes of her decision. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't like she lost her mom when she was fifteen, and this is not that long after. Mm-hmm. This is like three years after. So yeah, so. It, it definitely sounds like sense. she was struggling with with a lot of things Mental mentally. Health. But, um, so they all say that they were immediately worried she might have jumped off. And and also the first thing, they're, they're not going to think like, oh, someone murdered yes. her or someone. Yeah. Like, you don't want to think that. Yeah. That's not the first thought that goes through your head. No. And just because of the positioning of her car, it just, yeah. it tends to, to lend itself to... Well, she abandoned her car here, and then Mm -hmm. she jumped off. So the police start doing a search of the area around her car, as well as Shark River, but they find nothing. So they get a a dive team to go down and, like, do a search of the river, but they don't find anything. 
Um, and then they're like asking around, they're like, well, does anybody have any video? Does anybody have any way to track her movements throughout the day? We just want to like back up Liam's um, account of the day because Liam was like, oh, well, we were together all day. Then we went to the Draper's house. We went to Taco Bell. We went back to her house, played video games. And then I left and went to the restaurant and I didn't see her again. So they just wanted to like back up the times for these, you know, yeah. goings on. And they find out that the Drapers actually have like a video camera on their house that is like a, I'm assuming is like a ring doorbell or something mm-hmm. that was like mainly focused on their property. But it's like because of the positioning of their house, you could also see Sarah's property because they were so close together. So you could okay, kind of see good. like, yeah, yeah, so you could kind of see like Sarah's driveway and like the front part of her property like not the whole house not anything but it's like you could see kind of mm-hmm. what was happening like what cars were coming in yeah. and out and things like that so the video camera recorded sarah and liam's movements by car throughout the day and they see that every single one of the movements line up with liam's story so like oh. all of the things were what he said they said like you know they left at like 2 p.m mm-hmm. this is when he said he went to go see talk to go to taco bell like then they came back, and then he left. Um, and at 11.45, they see Sarah's car drive out of her driveway, and this is when they're like, oh, she probably went to the bridge then, at 11.45. Yeah. Because um, then it doesn't come back. And so they talk to Liam, and he tells them that Sarah had struggled with self-destructive behaviors previously and made some comments about suicide. Um she was struggling in her relationship with her dad, like I said earlier, and she, he said that she was a little bit unstable at times. Like, she would make comments, um, oh, like, oh, if a certain person doesn't talk to me, like, I'm just going to kill myself. Like, if she doesn't start talking to me again, like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. So he says, he tells police that maybe she went to the bridge to jump off, and he asked police that if she had jumped, like, would her body be in the ocean right now? Which is like a very callous comment to make, like about like your he best asked friend. That? Yeah, and which is it's probably true because this river, like where it is, it's like or this bridge where it is, it's like six blocks away from the beach, and like oh. when the tide comes in, like it's really fast. It's super fast to go out into the ocean. Like where this is in New Jersey, it's like not in the middle of New Jersey. It's like literally like right on the, the beach. Shore, yeah, right yeah. down the sh- yeah. Um, but he's almost asking, like, oh, like, how long would gone? it take yeah. for her body to, like, disappear? Um, and they didn't really, like, respond. They were like, I don't know. Like, do you know something? Yeah. Like, how, did she jump? Like, did she tell you that she was going to jump? And, like, do you know something? Like, because we just want to give her dad, like, closure. Mm-hmm. Like, we just want to, like, give him a body. Like, and he was like, no, but just, like, I just want to know. Like, if she had jumped, like, would she be in the ocean by now? Um which is like would all the evidence be gone by now exactly so like that's like what i feel like that question sounds like to me um but i don't know if the police took it that way but that's just like what i feel like i would like i don't think i would ever ask that about a friend like i'd ask like oh did you find our body yes yeah not like is it in the ocean right now yeah like i don't i just i think that that's like a very cold yeah. comment to make about somebody that you had known since like first yeah grade. your childhood best yeah. friend yeah so um unfortunately it probably would be in the ocean like i said it's very close to the mouth of the river like 
goes out just a few blocks away and um when the tide comes in it's like very high currents and really would like wash everything away really quickly and unfortunately I think that they just didn't catch it in time like Mm -hmm. the dive team didn't find anything and then it was too late yeah that's unfortunate because I feel like they are taking all the steps Mm mm-hmm that they should be taking. Yes. And I'll talk about that in a little bit too, but Well, it seems like right now and they they did the dive yeah. like pretty quickly after she disappeared, so it's yeah, I'm surprised yeah. like they were too late. Which is um I just like that's a little crazy because I mean, this was in December, so no one is at the beach, but like That's true. <laughs> like that's a little freaky that like you could be at the beach and like Yeah, bodies just dead bodies up. like I don't know. Like, that's, like, that freaks me out. That happened in my college town, actually. Like Really? There was, like, body parts found at, like, one of the beaches at UC Santa Barbara. That's, that is creepy. Yeah. I remember. So that actually happened at Georgetown, too. Like, but not at a beach. It was, oh. like, in the river in the Potomac. Okay. And the crew team was practicing in the morning, and they rode past a dead body. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is this just, like, a common thing that I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like that's, like, when... People do dump bodies. Like, putting them in water is a very common place to put them because water breaks them down really quickly mm-hmm. and it's, like, much harder to get, um, like, like, fingerprints samples, yeah, or things yeah. like that from them just because they're too broken down and it, like, kind of speeds up the decom process. So I do feel like it's kind of, unfortunately, common. Yeah. And then they were talking, we were talking about this um, downstairs, like, you know that lake? Have you heard about like that lake in Nevada that's like drying up right now? I forget what is it's it called. Is it Lake Tahoe? No, it's like this lake in Nevada that's drying up, and they're finding like all these dead bodies in barrels. Um, I I feel like I've heard of it, like, but I can't remember the name. I've um, heard stories of like yeah, like bodies popping up. Lake Mead. Oh yeah. Yeah, and so like because of whatever like there's it's like in a drought so it's like the water levels are dropping 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 and they like keep finding these dead bodies which is like pretty scary yeah and it's sad too because like are they gonna be able to know who's probably not like i mean maybe with some of them with like dental records and stuff Mm -hmm. but i don't know i just like who knows how how long it's been like years probably so anyway so he asked police whatever if her would her body be in the ocean right now and then, later that day, uh, Liam's parents hired him an attorney, and Liam refused to interview any further. So, that was, like, the last interview that he gave, you know, talking to the police about she was depressed, and she didn't like her dad, and she had made comments about suicide before, um, and, like, you know, would she be gone by now? And then he stopped answering anything. Um, so, they can't interview him any further uh, unless they... We're going to arrest him and then, like, put him on trial. Mm-hmm. So, like, they can't really do anything with his lawyer present. So they have to f- go find somebody else to talk to and who will talk to yeah. them. So with Liam out of the picture, police bring in Liam's roommate, Preston Taylor. Um, Preston Taylor had been Liam's one of Liam's good friends for a while. Not as long as Liam and Sarah were friends, but definitely throughout high school. Because Preston was actually Sarah's junior prom date. Oh. They weren't, like, romantic or anything. It was just, like, when you go with a friend. And, like, she just, like, wanted to go with somebody in her friend group and, like, not make a huge deal out of it. 
Um, so she, she had known Preston as well, uh, not as long as Liam, but I think they like kind of like fell into the same friend group in high school. Mm. Um, so they brought in Preston Taylor, and they were kind of asking him, like, oh, well, you know, Liam was with her, but, like, do you know anything? Because now Liam got an attorney and won't talk to us. Like, do you know anything? Did Liam say anything? Um, have you heard anything from Sarah? Like, we're just trying to figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not saying that there's foul play involved, but, like, we just want to know what happened. So, in this interview, Preston said that he thought she went to the bridge to jump off um, because she was having issues with her dad. It was, like, basically the exact same thing that Liam had been saying, um, like, to a T. Like, like they rehearsed yes. what they were going to say. Yeah, like, wow. basically the exact same thing, like, repeated the exact same things that Liam had said, like, all of that stuff. Um, and, and it's so sad because she maybe was in a vulnerable, like, position, and they took that to yeah. their advantage. Yeah. Um, so Preston started crying in his interview, which police found a little bit odd. Um, but, you know, I mean, if my best friend was missing, yeah. like, I would probably start crying, too. I don't think too. that's that odd. Um, but they were like, okay, like... I don't know, Liam getting an attorney, Preston saying the exact same thing, yeah. and then suddenly he starts crying, like, in the middle of, like, when we're asking him questions, like, we've got to go further. Like, there must be some other answers that we can find, but they're basically, like, at a dead end because nobody's saying anything different, and, like, even her dad and her friends were like, oh, I'm worried about her mental health, like, I'm worried she made a bad decision. So, at this point, they're still not even thinking yeah, that anything, lead, like, really. yeah, like, anything... I guess malicious went on like they're just like yeah somebody must know something like she either ran away and like she told her friends not to say anything like she just wants to start over or she committed suicide and like her friends actually don't know anything like I don't know like they're just like trying to get to the bottom of like what actually mm-hmm. happens like they're literally they're not even blaming anybody yet like they're not even yeah getting, they just want information yeah. get they, to know more about her they just want to like help her dad yeah, kind of closure. grief and get closure and things like that. So... Oh, and did they check with where Liam worked? Um, so, yes, and they, he was at work. Oh, and he was. His okay. timeline did line up exactly with what he said. So, like, like they're not even like, oh, you're... Because like, they checked the cameras and they were like, you do yeah. exactly what you said. Like, why are you getting an attorney? Like, all your story lines up. Like, you know what, like, you got to work at this time, like, we have history of you mm-hmm. checking in, you checked out exactly when you said you checked out, like, you know, like, it just... So he's making himself more suspicious by yeah. being an attorney. Yeah. Suddenly not talking. Right. Um, so police found out, they were, like, going around town, they're like, does anybody have video of them appearing in these places? And they got video from Taco Bell, like, they were there. And they found out that she had gone to the bank earlier that day. And they found that out because a lot of the people at the bank, like, this town's, like, pretty small. Like, all the beach towns are pretty small. Um, and, like, everybody knows somebody. Everybody knows everybody. Or, like, everybody knows somebody who knows that person. Yeah. So, like, a couple of employees at the bank had known Sarah um, and, like, had been t- acquaintances with Sarah for quite a long time. So when this story broke... Um, those workers came forward and was like, oh, she was at the bank, like, and we have video, could that help? And they, the police received security footage of Sarah in the bank, talking to bank workers, talking to tellers, um, you know, waving goodbye. 
And they found this odd because Liam had never mentioned going to the bank. So and, was Liam with her? Yes. So oh. Liam had never mentioned going to the bank, and she was with him for the entire day. And he had mentioned going to all these other places. Yeah. Like, Why not mention Yeah. So he had mentioned going to Taco Bell. He had mentioned all these like video games that they played mm-hmm. together. Like He told them they're basically the exact schedule that they followed, but he didn't tell them about going to the bank. Mm. So they immediately found this odd, and suspicious. they were a little bit suspicious. Now, Sarah was at the bank because this is the bank that she used to keep some of the money that her mom had given her that she found um, in that house. Now... Sarah was supposed to be the only person that knew about this money. Like, even her dad didn't know about this money. It was very clear that her mom wanted her to keep this a secret. Um, Sarah had ended up finding $25,000 from her mom, which is a lot of money. That is. For a... Yeah, a 15-year-old at the time. For a 15-year-old girl. And Liam knew about this money because he had been with her on the day that she found this money. So she... He had been with her... In this house, yeah. on the day she opened up this box and found $25,000 in cash. I take that back, what I said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, from her mom, and she knew he knew exactly where she kept it. He knew everything about her financial situation. No. So, they couldn't talk to Liam still because he was under an attorney, But this is when they started to have a little bit more suspicion because they were like, well, this is weird. Like, he gave us everything before, but he specifically didn't mention the bank. Yeah. Um, So a week after Sarah went missing, her dad organized a search of the surrounding towns and beaches around Belmar. um, And hundreds of people showed up. Like, even people that didn't know her. People came from, like, North Jersey, like, because her case was all over the news and they didn't end up finding anything, but Liam did find, like give an interview during this search, and he was like, oh, she's so strong. Like, I know wherever she is, like, she's just being strong. Like, you know, he just, like, sounded like a very sincere mm-hmm. person, which is, like, scary considering what he did, but he yeah. just seemed like a grieving friend. best friend. Yeah. They also interviewed Carly Draper, um, and Carly said that Sarah had wanted to move to Canada, and she said that she was still hoping that she had just, like, moved to a new place and started over. Like, she was tired of life in Neptune City, and she just wanted to, like, start completely fresh. Like, without any connections to her family, any connections to anybody, she just wanted to start something new. Um, and she said she often texted or dm Sarah, like, over the past week, mm-hmm. being just, like, just give me a sign. Like, if you're out there and safe, like, I understand Aww. if you don't want to tell me where you are, but, yeah. like, can you just give me a sign? Like... So she still had hope, like, oh, maybe she ran away yes. to Canada. So, because, like, that had been a conversation that they had had a lot, and Sarah was, like, starting to think about it more. Like, she said that that was actually a conversation that they had earlier that day, like, when Sarah oh. had come over. Sarah's like, oh, I've decided, like, I'm going to move to Canada soon. Like, I'm I'm going to mm-hmm. Canada soon. Like, I'm going to, you know, get everything together, and then I'm going to move. Yeah. Um, so she was even like, oh, yeah, like, I texted her just, like, if you're alive, like, and out there, like make a Disney account, like, make a Disney fan page and, like, Mm -hmm. like one of my pictures, like, with this account. So, like, I know you're out there. Like, you don't have to give me any information, Mm -hmm. but, like, just give me a sign that you're out there and alive. Um, But nothing happened. Like, she never got any response. She never... No Disney account. No, nothing. Um, And so police started to search further, and they ended up finding her American passport 
in her room, um, American money in her room, and Canadian money in her room. So all of that was still in Sarah's room. And they were like, okay, well, if she ran away to Canada, like, she would need this stuff. Like, she would need her passport. passport. She would need money. She would, I mean, she had Canadian money. So, like, she would have taken that stuff if she had run away. And they began to treat this case as less of a runaway situation and more like a suspicious death situation. Which, like you said, it's like pretty good police work. Like, I feel like we hear so many cases where it's like the police do nothing and they just file it as like a runaway person or a missing person or a suicide and then they don't do anything. But like, and it would have been very easy to just file this as an apparent suicide. Like, all her friends are saying like, oh, I'm worried about her mental state. Like, her dad's saying I'm worried about her mental state. Like, it would have been so easy for them to just kind of conclude yeah. that she committed suicide and, like, close it close at that. So, I think this is because, like, a lot of the investigators actually knew Sarah. Aww. Like, it's a pretty small town, like I said. Like, they actually, like, knew her and knew her dad, and so they had a more personal connection to yeah. this case. And they're like, well, if even if it is a suicide, like, we want to find out exactly what happened. Mm. Um, so, I think that's kind of why they didn't just like close it immediately but I do like commend them on yeah just not like closing it right yeah away. like the effort that they took to actually solve this case was I think a lot more than we often see in in something like this like I feel like this is sometimes just like a cut and dry situation they don't do yeah. anything else so um they're kind of at a dead end though like even though they like kind of think that this is more suspicious than maybe like a suicide or a runaway they, like, have no information. Like, nobody's talking. Liam's not talking. Preston is saying the exact same thing that Liam is saying. Um, they have no more videos to look through. Like, they've got the videos of her car leaving and appearing and leaving at 1145. And they've got videos from the bank. But they have absolutely no clues. Like, nothing was found by her car. Nothing was found in the area. Nothing was found in the river. Like, they're kind of at a dead end. Yeah. So, they're, they're like, just lost. Like, this is looking like it's never going to be solved. Like... Mm-hmm. Her dad is never going to get closure from this, and it's just going to end here. Then, seven weeks after Sarah disappeared, um, a 19-year-old filmmaker named Anthony Curry came forward to the police. So, Anthony was the same age as Sarah, as Liam, and as Preston, um, and he had actually gone to school with all three of them um, and was pretty close to Liam. Like, they were, like, kind of bros like not like super close friends but it seems like they were like tight enough that they talked kind of often and and you'll see why I think that they're pretty close but um he had ended up moving to New York after high school to pursue film like he wanted to go into to, mm-hmm. to movies um and he heard about this case he heard about everything and He ended up calling his dad back in Neptune City to ask for advice. So he said he needed help because he thought he had information about Sarah's disappearance. And he's like, I don't know if this is about it, but, like, I just want to know what I should do because I just, like, I heard about this and, like, now I'm thinking back to a conversation I had and I feel like that conversation was about Sarah's disappearance. So Anthony and his father ended up meeting with Detective Mike Bonanno, who was part of the investigation team on Sarah's case, Um, And Anthony said that, like, he was good friends with Liam. 
Um, and he and Liam were interested in the same genre of movies, which were like horror movies. So Anthony wanted to get into directing movies and writing movies, and Liam like loved horror movies. So they would also like always talk about their like possible plots for new horror movies. Okay. So like Anthony could get some ideas for what to write. Um, and Liam's like, oh, you should put me in them. Like, you know, I want to be an actor. Like, you should put me in these horror movies. So they would always have these conversations about, like, like pitching ideas, so on and so forth, about... I don't like where this is going. About what this horror movie would yeah. look like. So he said that he had um, been at home and on Thanksgiving, like, over Thanksgiving, and he had gone to Liam's house on Thanksgiving night or Thanksgiving Eve. Um, I think it was Thanksgiving, like, evening, like... Thanksgiving nighttime, um, which was eight days before Sarah's death. So she died on December 2nd, and he was there yeah. at Thanksgiving. Um, and he said that he and Liam had talked about a girl who had a lot of money who Liam wanted something from. And he said that Liam uh, detailed his plan for Sarah, basically, saying that he wanted to strangle her, steal her money, and throw her over yeah. the bridge. So Anthony, like, just dismissed this as, like, a horror movie, like, a plot, like, just, like, Liam, like, fucking around, Mm -hmm. like, um, Liam just, like, talking, like, I don't know, about, like, what Anthony could write about for Mm -hmm. his new movie, um, and, like, Anthony had no idea that, like, Sarah had money, so it's, like, not, you know, like, it wouldn't be suspicious because it's not, like, he knew she came into this huge amount of money from her mom and... Um, but it'd still be a little creepy. Yes. Like, after someone told you that, and yeah. then there's a bridge involved. But it, like, if I had that conversation, like, I can't blame him if it's like that's the kind of stuff that you talk about. That's if you true, just yeah. like, if you always talk about talk those about that stuff, like it plots. wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't be anything different. Yeah. So then he did, and that's why he went to the police because then he did end up hearing about like the situation mm-hmm. that was involved like and I don't think like Liam used Sarah's name in this um maybe he did but I don't think like he was like I'm going to kill Sarah for her money like I'm not sure but um I think that he just even if he did he kind of just dismissed this as like big talk like Liam just being like a dick you know um so Anthony didn't think about Liam's statement until he saw Sarah's car had been found. So until he saw Sarah's car had been found on that bridge and, you know, he heard about all this stuff going on, he was like, I, I think I have to come forward with this. And Anthony said that Liam had also reached out to him a few days after Sarah's disappearance and asked him, have you talked to police? Like, have police reached out to you? So he called his dad and he was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I think I know something. But, like, I don't know if it's anything. Like, I don't know if this is related in any way. But, like, I can you just tell me what to do? So he and his dad went to the police, and the police decided that Anthony was credible. So they were like, okay, well, this story is, like, <laughs> yeah, we don't have anything else to go on. And, like, this story is matching up, like, at least the car and, like, him is so, the they're so, yeah, they're so close to Sarah. Like, he's so close to Sarah. And then, then now suddenly she's missing, and he told you that he wanted to strangle her and throw, like, off the bridge, and I don't know. So they reclassified this case as a homicide case now, like, officially, mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, we we'll, we need to use this evidence. Like, if it ends up being nothing, like, that ends up being nothing. But, yeah. like... I'm glad he came forward. Yeah, this is, like, all that we have right now. So, yeah. like, we gotta... Like, that was, like, the, kind of their only option, I feel like, was to treat this yeah. like a credible, <laughs> like, witness. Like, I don't think they really had another option. <laughs> um, 
So they asked Anthony to work with them to catch Liam. So um, they wanted to force a confession out of him. So they tried to kind of catch him in the act using Anthony. Um, So they gave Anthony a wire and instructed him to get a confession out of Liam. Uh, Anthony initially tried to get a confession over the phone, but Liam, like, wouldn't say anything. So Anthony was, like, um, called Liam, and they, like, outfitted this with, like, a recording device. Like, you can listen to it. And he was like, oh, I I need money to fix a broken camera. Like, my camera broke uh, while I was filming on a set, and I need money to fix it. Like, do you think, like, you can spot me some cash from, like, quote, that girl's money? So... Liam got like super edgy and cautious and he was like um maybe but like I don't want to talk about this like right now so he like would not talk about anything over the phone um which just kind of shows like he's like I know somebody's listening to me like I know something is like I know I'm being tracked and followed in some way like but I'm I don't want to talk about it right now and so Anthony was like, please, like, dude, like, you know, I, I just really need this money. Like, I don't have money for another camera. And, like, this is my job. Like, I need to film with this camera. I don't have anything. Like, can you can we please talk about, like, what I can do to get some of that money that you have? So Liam's like, okay, but I'm not going to talk about this on the phone. Like, so we can meet up in person. So they just suggested that they meet up in person by a boardwalk in Bradley Beach, which is, um, like one town over by from Avon by the sea which is like where Sarah's second house was so they meet up in this parking lot and Anthony's car is fitted with like audio and video recordings so the police kind of like redo his car and put Mm -hmm. in like an audio recording device and a videotape device and he's like in this car like driving there like obviously super nervous like he's like singing along to his music and is like smoking a cigarette like that must be terrifying like if you're going and you're like somebody this guy killed somebody like he could so easily kill me too like I don't know but he's just like so edgy like you can tell like he's so nervous like that that poor guy's like 19 years old and they're like sending him (laughs) out like (laughs) he has like no no training he's like (laughs) oh hopefully they're like nearby in case anything yeah like I'm sure they had like surveillance like just in case like something went wrong but like they had to lay low because they didn't want anybody like I'm sure it's like if he saw like a cop car anywhere close like he would have not he would have run. Like, he would have yeah. not done it. So, it would have to be, like, an undercover. Yes. Yeah. Like, I'm sure, like, you know, I'm sure they were there. But, like, I was like, that would be terrifying. Oh, like, my God. Yeah. <laughs> poor kid. So, he meets up with this guy in a parking lot. And, like, he's, and Liam gets in his car. Um, and, like, Liam immediately, immediately, like, the first thing he does is, like, search Anthony for uh, a recording device. Like, he pats him yeah. all down, like, pats him all down and was like, don't be offended, dude, like, but, like, the police are hot on my tail right now. Like, mm-hmm. I can't, I'm, I'm not saying you're a snitch, but, like, I just need to, like, make sure that you're not gonna rat me out. Um, and so, luckily, he didn't look any further into the car, like, he didn't search the car for a recording yeah. device, but it's, like, that must have been so scary if you were Anthony and was, like, this guy was searching you and it's, like, well, what would he have done if he had found yeah. something, like... Like, that would have been so terrifying. Like, it is lucky that they put it in the car. Yeah, like, and, like, not on him. Because it's, like, usually I feel like they yeah, put it usually, on you. Yeah, um, yeah. Good thing. Yeah. Or he, he must have been so nervous during that time. Like, I oh, know. I hope he doesn't check the car. I would have been, I like, know. ran out by this I know. Point. I and it's, like, this poor dude. Like, he's, like, 
he must have had to have his like best acting skills on yeah. like <laughs> for real but he's like Liam's also like okay like after he's passing down and searches him he's like okay like just keep this on the down low like Preston can't figure out that you know Preston Taylor is his roommate yeah. um he's like Preston can't figure out that you know because like he might have to kill you if like he figures out that you know so, and he's like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, no. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, Liam's like, okay, um, the FBI is talking to me. Like, the FBI is looking into me. And the police are, I feel like, are onto me as well. So, you've got to keep this quiet. Like, you can't tell anybody about us meeting. You can't tell anybody about us talking. Like, you can't tell the police that we were with each other. Like, nothing. So, Liam, literally, I don't know how... He got him to have this, like, perfect confession, but he did. So, Liam tells Anthony the entire story of his murder of Sarah. So, I'm assuming, like, Anthony was like, okay, like, can I have this money? Like, yeah. whatever happened to her anyway. Like, you know, kind of got him onto the topic of it. But he's just started talking, which, to me, is, like, he was proud of it. Like, he wanted to tell somebody this story, you know? Like, <sighs> he, like, disgusting. he wasn't, like, I don't know, like... He wasn't, like, oh, I... Like, I feel bad. Yeah, nothing. Like, he was, like, I I don't know. I feel like if you're, like, doing that, you're, like, bragging about it. You know? It's not, like, just, like, something that happened. And, like, you're, like, I feel like if you regretted it, you would be, like, I don't want to talk about that. Like, I don't have them. Like, I don't have it. Like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want any memory of that time. But he, like, immediately, he just gives him, like, the whole thing. You know? Like, the whole rundown. So, he said that he admits to killing her by attempting to strangle her and then when that didn't work he eventually smothered her with a shirt um and he said that he called preston to help to help him um and preston was kind of like the getaway driver so he said that he and he killed her before he went to work um so that was when they drove back together uh, before work he strangled her left her in the bathroom and then he left and went to work which the cameras caught him leaving her house and going to work, but obviously they're not, like, mm-hmm. thinking anything happened yeah, within those that time period that he was in the house. Like, he just said they were playing video games, you know? So he killed her, he went to work, um, and then he called Preston over afterwards to help dispose of Sarah's mm-hmm. body. So while he was at work, Preston went to Sarah's house, moved her from the bathroom to outside, like in the bushes basically like by the driveway mm-hmm. um and then he got off of work at 10 p.m went back and i'm not sure like how the camera didn't catch him going yeah, back I but ask. i think it was like he must have gone in like the back way or something because the camera only pointed at a very specific part of sarah's mm-hmm. house so it's like it only pointed at the driveway so it's like if he parked down the street and like went through the back of the house or like through the bushes in the back like you wouldn't be able to see that like they could only see the car pulling out and in like they couldn't see anything past that so they didn't catch him on camera like it just do you think he unfortunately wasn't i don't know like well they're childhood best friends i feel like maybe he didn't know yeah like i and he had like been over to the draper's house like he had been like you know he had been over there he never said anything about the camera but it just seems like it like, seems like where he, did they take her body out from then so from the it was front in of the house? it was in like the bushes i think it was like the way that i was listening to it it was like almost in the side yard like between the mm. back and the front and they like loaded it into the car in the driveway 
and then they pulled out and the camera only caught them pulling out of the driveway like it didn't even show like the whole house like it just mm-hmm. showed a very specific part of the driveway like you could just see the part of the street where the car was pulling out and yeah. in so I'm like I don't know if he knew or he just got lucky mm-hmm. but whatever the reason like he went home he did not use his car to dispose of Sarah's body like he went over to Sarah's house um collected Sarah's body and put it in her own car and then he drove Sarah's car so that's why it looks like she's leaving at about yes. 11 40 yes so I don't know if he knew or he just got lucky or whatever but so he left um and then Preston drove his own car like kind of following them and went to the bridge so he drove Sarah's car and Preston drove his own car and they went to the bridge so he said that he and Preston disposed of Sarah's body um he didn't say like exactly where just that he threw her over the bridge so he told Anthony he threw her her over the bridge um he said that he couldn't throw her over the bridge by himself Preston had to help him so that factors into Preston's charges later but he said that Preston like helped him dispose of this body um and he said this is also I think he's like bragging about it like it wasn't about like the money to me I feel like I don't know I'll get into like what I think it was like about later but he's like the worst thing is that it was only $10,000 that she had like I thought I was walking away with like 50 grand 100 grand like it was not even a quarter of that like it was only $10,000 like that was the worst thing about it really and he's like my life hasn't even changed that much like the only thing like I could buy is like weed and like I've been able to throw some like better parties at my my house but like it wasn't even that much um and he's like, I eventually kept the money in Preston in a nice house, but then, like, I stopped trusting Preston. Like, I didn't want him to, like, break and, and snitch on me and, like, have this money in my house. So he was like, I moved it eventually. So I, like, put it in a safe and, like, put it somewhere else. So did Sarah withdraw that money that day because she thought she was going to Canada? Yes, and then I'll get into, like, that later, but that's why she had that money that day. And that's why um, Liam didn't tell police that they were going to the bank because it was, like, his idea to go to the bank and have her withdraw that money. So he leaves eventually, like, after telling Anthony this, like, whole horrific story. And Anthony, like, delivers his tape to the police. So she's like, 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 hightailing it back, like, to the police station immediately. Because, like, I'm sure he's so terrified that it's like, what if, like, he does decide to, like, oh, I said too much, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, because I feel like with those kind of people, like, they're so proud of it in the moment, and then, like, they can't stop themselves from, like, saying the entire Mm -hmm. story, and then they, like, regret it as soon as they're, like, they say it, it, and they're, like, oh, I shouldn't have told that person, like, now I gotta get rid of him, and it's, like, and he knew he was capable of, like, Mm -hmm. killing somebody, like, so, I don't know, I'd be so terrified if that was me, like, that would, Mm -hmm. that would have to do that. So, police don't go to Liam. Um, They actually go right to Preston. And they arrest him for disposing of a body. Because he had, like, Liam had admitted that, oh, well, Preston helped me dispose of this body. Like, he helped me throw it over the bridge. Um, Police could arrest Preston for disposing of the body. Yeah. And Preston literally admits the entire thing immediately. Like, they were like, did you do this? And he's like, yes. And I'll tell you everything else as well. Like, he immediately um admitted to every single thing like backed up the whole entire story that anthony said backed up every single thing that liam had done told him the entire account of the night detailed how he had been the one to like go to sarah's house while liam was at work 
move her body. Like he told them every, like all the details of everything. So he said that there, he had to, he had to be the one to go to Sarah's house because Liam had to go to work. He had moved Sarah's body outside. Um, after Liam got off of work, he and Preston went back to the house. Then they got her, drove her away and went to the bridge. Um, and then they threw her body over the bridge and Preston was the one to drive them both home. So that's how like they, he just left her car there and then he got in Preston's car and drove them both home. So Preston also showed police where this money was. So, so he knew. He knew. Yeah. Um, so he showed police where this safe was buried because he had kept this money in a safe, um, that held the money Liam had stolen from Sarah. And I think, I think there was like about seven thousand ish seven thousand two hundred dollars left in this yes left in this safe um and the safe was like engraved like the lock was engraved with like the number zero zero two like it was like almost a um like an identification kind of thing like it was just like that was the number that was engraved on it like i don't know what it means like if it's like the type of safe or if it was like the second one that he had you know like i don't know what it was what it was exactly, but so it was engraved with zero zero two on the lock, and then police, like after I get this confession from Anthony and from Preston, they like immediately go to arrest Liam, and he has a key on his keychain that also said zero zero two on it, like so just like put it together. He was wearing it on his. Yes, like he was like wearing it with like, his car keys, like it was oh like a trophy, God. you know, it was like a prize that he yeah. had, like he was so proud of himself that he'd done this that he had to like wear it like a prize on his neck. So they're like, this is, like, case closed. Like, that's dumb. Like, if you're, like, I don't know. That's dumb. Like, I'm glad he had something that connected to him, him to him. But, like, that's dumb. Like, Like wearing it around here. Yeah, like, my God. So this is, like, more than enough evidence to arrest him because they've got two, like, eyewitness, like, one eyewitness account, one, like, account that he had said himself, like, a confession. And then also this, like, lock and keychain kind of thing. So after this, um... They go to Mike Stern's house and they tell him that she was murdered by her two friends. Imagine hearing yeah. that. Like by her friends since first grade and then by her junior prom date. Like, like people that he watched like grow up, probably yeah. like had it over at his house all the time. Like yeah. that's just so sad. Like I could not even imagine what he was feeling yeah. at that point. And he was like, I'm heartbroken. Like I literally cannot fathom this. Mm-hmm. That like it was, like, her friends. Like, we carpooled yeah. together. Like, I drove them everywhere. Like... Like, he knew what Sarah had gone through, like, with yeah. her mom. Like, I don't know. Like, that would have just been so... Like, I almost feel like I wouldn't believe it. Like, yeah. I would have been, like, something must be wrong with that. Like, there's no way. Like, there's nothing. And he's, like, I can't understand how they're capable of, like, that. Like, I, I literally can't understand. So... um. They arrest him. They arrest him and Preston for Sarah's murder and for disposing of the body. Uh, I think, like, also first-degree robbery they were charged with. Mm-hmm. And a couple other things. But, so this was, like, two months after Sarah uh, passed away. So this would be in, like, February 2017. Like, yeah. January, February 2017 around. Um, we know, like, things take a while to go to trial like <laughs> things take yeah. so we, it ended up going to trial in January 19, 2019 wow it's like pretty recent um for I feel like what I 
it's like kind of like a cut and dry case like they had like all this kind of stuff and all these confessions and things like that but you know it just takes yeah. a while in like the legal world and was he on bail or is he in I don't know. I'm assuming he was in jail because I feel like those kinds of things, like, you can't bail out of. Like, murder, I feel like is a they set a pretty high bail for that. Like, yeah. it's but like sometimes, a, like, people could pay the bail. Yeah. Like, like, $2 million. Yeah. I think he was in jail. Like, I do not think he was out, but I'm not sure. Um, but his parents were... I'll get into his mom in a little bit, but I would not be surprised if his mom paid his bail for him. But I think he was in jail. Like, I think that they were not going to let him... Yeah. Let him out. So, it went to trial in January 2019, and it lasted six weeks in total. Weren't we talking about the other day, like, that the case for Kristen Smart was going to be, like, four, four months? months? Like, so I don't know if this is, like, an extra long case or, like, pretty short, considering, but that seems pretty long to me. Like, six weeks mm-hmm. still seems pretty long. Yeah. Like, what is that, a month and a half? Yeah. Like, but I guess they had to present, like, all the evidence and all of the things like that, mm-hmm. but I don't know, that still seems pretty long. Yeah, I don't know. it's like, you have the confession. Yeah, like, that's all they need. It should take two days. <laughs> yeah, so it lasted six weeks in total, um, and Preston took a plea agreement. So he testified on the prosecution side, and instead of, like, on the defense side, so he was part of the prosecution okay. team. So he testified during the trial that Liam... Um, had planned this for quite a while as soon as he started as soon as he saw Sarah find this amount of money um and he had said that quote that amount of money would change someone's life it's money that somebody would kill for so like whenever he found whenever he saw Sarah find this money he was like talking to him and he was like I would kill for that like that could change my life like this amount of money and again, he thought it was, like, $100,000 because it was, like, all in cash. Like, I don't know why he thought that. But, like, I don't know. Like, still, it's your best friend. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, don't no you think killing somebody like could that. change yeah. your life, too? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. But he was, like, planning this for quite a while. And Preston said that um, they had originally planned to kill her earlier uh, a couple times. One time they wanted to get her drunk and rob her um of the money and they tried to get her blackout drunk on mike's hard lemonade so they brought over mike's hard lemonade and tried to get her like blackout drunk on that i'm not sure if that was is gonna get anybody blackout drunk (laughs) but that's what that's like trying to like make get somebody like they're like i know like how i'm gonna rob you like i'm gonna bring over some some hard kombucha (laughs) and you're done (laughs) like truly is there something like i don't know but not a very good plan. Um, and then they discovered that the money, the amount of money that they were after, they were like, oh, like, she doesn't have it. Like, it's in the bank. Like, oh my God. I don't know why they didn't, like, they thought that she just, like, was going <laughs> to have this, like, lying around. But it was in the safety deposit box of the bank. And so they figured that out. Like, she must have told them that or something. And that's kind of why Liam knew that it was in this, like, specific bank. Um, so that plan didn't work. Um, and so then they convinced Sarah, so Liam and Preston convinced Sarah to go to the bank, take out money, and they were like, you should just run away to Canada. Like, you should use this money to get away to Canada. Like, you know, you and your dad are fighting. Like, you should you should just go to Canada. Like, go to the bank, get the money, and go. Yeah, and of course she's going to, like, listen to them. Mm-hmm. Like, 
They're like hyping her up. Like she thinks that they're like hyping her up to like follow her dreams of like pursuing art in Toronto. Like she's like, yeah, yeah. Like that's a good idea. Like, okay, I'm going to do it. Like I'm finally going to do it. I'm going to finally do the thing that I've been like dreaming about for years and years and years. Like she would not think that they're trying to get her to do something. Yeah. Terrible. I think like, oh, my best friend just wants me to live out my dreams yeah. and I'm going to listen to them. Yeah. So they did convince her to take out the money wow. from the bank that day. Um, and so that's why she went to the bank on December 2nd to get take out this money. And mm-hmm. she took out about, like, I think it's like about $10,000, like I said, between like eight to $10,000 about. Um, and he didn't know this, like, Liam did not know that that was the amount of money she, she took out. Like, he thought she took out a lot more than just that amount of money. But... But it's also a bank. Like, don't they have banks in Canada? Yes, but this was... I don't know. Like, it's something about the money, like... It was super old and, like, very fragile. So, like... I don't know if it was, like, able to be transferred to, like, you know, like, I don't know if, like, there's, like, something with a Canadian, like, U.S., like... Yeah, maybe. But then whatever. she still had more money in there. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, but it's, like, I don't think she was, like, planning on running away and never talking to anybody again. Like, I yeah. think it just, like, they were probably just, like, oh, you should just move and just, like, up it, like, money. just p- go and move. Like, I don't think that she was, like, I'm never going to talk to my dad again. Like, yeah. I don't think she's, like take out all of her belongings and just, like, leave, you know? Like, I don't I don't think that was her plan. Like, I think if she's going to move to Canada, she was probably going to, like, t- tell people, like, I don't think she's, like, going to disappear on them. So, I don't know. But she ended up taking about, like, $10,000 out of the bank. Um, and Preston said that they bought walkie-talkies to avoid using cell phones. So, remember, earlier in the case, um, they asked Liam where his cell phone was, and he said he couldn't find it. So Liam had ended up dropping his cell phone on the driveway of Sarah's house, like, when he was moving her body from her yard to hit, to her oh. car. He had ended up dropping his, his cell phone um, on the ground. And he didn't know where it was because they weren't communicating over cell phones. They were communicating over walkie-talkies. So he w- wasn't really paying attention to it at yeah. that time? So they... That's why they bought walkie-talkies so they didn't have to use a cell phone to call each other and communicate. So there would be no record, no call log, nothing. And they did search his phone, like, earlier on in the investigation. They didn't find anything, like, because they had bought these walkie-talkies. So that part was pretty, like, smart on on their end. Um, I forgot about the phone. Yeah. So... The defense argument for Liam was centered around the fact that there was no body. So this was the first no-body homicide case, like I said, um, to be put to trial in Monmouth County since 1975. And it's really, really hard usually to like get a a um, conviction out of a no-body case just because like there's no proof, there's no physical evidence of a murder and usually the physical evidence is like the key yeah most important yeah the most important evidence in any case so it's usually really hard and so the defense is that's the defense's whole argument they're like there's no body so you don't know like you don't know that she's dead like she could be gone like you don't know and they brought up sarah's alleged rocky relationship with her dad and was like this is just a runaway case like this is not 
a murder case. Like, she ran away, and she, like, she just wanted to run. And so they claimed that Liam's confession tape was Liam actually auditioning for a horror movie with Anthony. Like, they're like, this was, like, this was not a confession. Like, he's, like, trying to audition for, like, Anthony's next horror movie. In a car? Yeah. And his mom, Liam's mom, is like, they're right. Like, my son would never do that. Like, he's auditioning for a horror movie. Like, he would never, ever do that to his friends. Like, like, I understand trying to believe the best out of your child, but, like, at this point, like, your kid's a murderer. Like, you literally, like, don't play dumb, you know? Like, Preston. Yeah. Like... So, I don't know. It's just, like, a... I lose all respect for parents like that, like, who their kid does something and they try and, like, back them up, like, it's something as horrible as this when it's, like, what they really want, like, what you're... You really should be doing is, like, apologizing to, like, the other family. Like, being, like, I don't know, like, why my son did this, but I'm so sorry, you know? Like, Yeah, because I, I get that she doesn't want him to go away, but he literally made another yes. person go away forever. Yeah. Then. Their like, I don't know. I mean, it just, I feel like I hate those kind of parents. Like, I lose, I literally lose, like, all respect for yeah. those kind of people. Um, so, yeah, and they claimed his confession tape was Liam auditioning for a horror movie. So, like, that explains why that, like, the confession tape is not real. It's fake. And they claimed Preston was lying. So, they were like, oh, well, Preston Taylor, like, your whole, um, you know, all of your evidence that you brought forward is not real. Like, your whole... When you testified, it was all fake. And they brought up the fact that he had been caught lying to the police before. Mm-hmm. So, which he had been caught lying to the police before. And he had claimed that a close family member had sexually assaulted him when he was younger. Um, and he was found to be lying and, like, making the entire mm-hmm. thing up. So, they did claim that he was an untruthful person. They were like, your, this, your star witness, like, your key witness has been literally proven to be lying before. Like, how do you know he's not lying now? And so they're just trying to, like, get rid of, you know, counter-argue everything Everything. that they had said. That's why it took six weeks. Yeah. They also brought up a witness who had claimed to see Sarah on December 3rd at about 5 a.m. So this would be two and a half hours after the police found her car. Um, So this would have placed her alive after the time that Preston said she died. Which was at, like, um, probably, like, 6.30 p.m., like, the night before. Um, this guy was, like, I also saw her car at about 5.15 a.m., so I passed her walking, and then I passed her car, and I, like, remember this car in the bridge. And the police was, like, that is not possible because we towed her car, like, at 3.30, like, after we found it, like, we towed her car away. Yeah, so they're, like, that's not possible. He's, like, no, I saw it. Like, I promise I saw it. It was, that was not true. Um, the witness was later found to not be credible because his story changed multiple times. Like, first he was like, I saw her at, like, five. And he's like, yeah. no, I saw her at, like, four. And then he was like, maybe I actually saw her the day before. It's, it was just, like, not. Like, whoever he saw yeah, was not her. Like, like, it just kind of seemed like he, like, wanted to be involved in it and was, like, just, like, wanted to, like, it was probably, like, a big deal, like, in the town at the time, and he, like, lived in the town, he was, like, from Neptune City, like, he just probably wanted to be involved in the whole thing, like, I don't know, but he was not credible, so that entire thing was, like, found to be false, like, they have, like, literal records 
of like them towing the car away. They're like, mm-hmm. this is not true. Like yeah. you, we towed the car. Yeah. Like after. we towed the car. He's like, you didn't tow the car. They're like, we saw it on the tow truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what he meant. Like we literally saw, like we saw, I saw her, like she was wearing a fur jacket and like high heel boots. Like she does not wear that. Like she wears Timberlands. Like she's not like a girly girl. Like, so she was not, I think he just wanted to be like part of the whole big thing. And yeah. you know, so that was the defense's argument. It was an audition. Preston was lying and she was actually a runaway because this guy saw her leaving, you know, after she, Preston said that she died. So, prosecution mainly used the tape of Anthony Curry, so his, the video and the audio that Anthony had captured, to prove that Liam did it. Um, and they were, like, kind of mainly trying to highlight the fact that he was so callous about it. Um, and just, like, so clearly stated, like, he didn't really try to dance around it in any way. Like, mm-hmm. he was just literally, like, laying it out there for them. Um, he said that he, like, quote, didn't feel any different after murdering her, and that he said, quote, what am I going to do? Live a boring life? Like... Do something else. Like... You don't have to murder a person. Like, that's why he, like, kind of did it. It's like, well, what else am I going to do? Like, am I just going to, like, live my life boring, like, in a boring way? Like, huh? So they mainly used that tape to prove he did it, and the jury came back with guilty verdicts for both Liam and yeah, Preston. Good. Yeah. So they found Liam guilty on seven counts, including first-degree murder, first-degree robbery, tampering with evidence, and desecration of human remains, which would be like throwing her body like off the bridge, and they gave him a life sentence plus 10 years, which I did not know a life sentence is not like however long you're alive. No. Like, it's like it's a certain like amount a of time. 30-ish years, right? It's... I, like, I did not know. I, I just thought it was, like... I found out recently through TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> it's... there. So, people serving a life sentence are eligible for parole after 25 years. Oh, it's even less. Yeah. So, I didn't... I thought, like... Years, that's not a life sentence. No. Like, I mean, maybe for old people, but, like, <laughs> for him, like, he's... It's like a, a quarter of your life. Yeah. Like, so he's 20, I think. 20. So he serves a life t- sentence plus ten years. 55. So he would be fifty-five when yeah. he could, when he will get out. Like, he, at, at least I think. Like I think yeah. that that's like legally, like he will be released when he's like fifty-five, which is like or crazy. Sometimes even sooner because you know, like if you you're eligible, behavior. Yeah, but it says that you're only eligible for parole after twenty-five years. But. That's still, I don't know. Like, there might be different like, ones. Yeah, like in New Jersey, like it's like just eligible for parole. So it's like maybe he's gonna have to wait longer. Like I don't know if they're gonna grant him mm-hmm. parole after twenty five years, like for good behavior. Yeah. But I don't know. They said plus ten years, so I'm assuming. Fifty five ish. Yeah, that's still not that old. No, like he still has like quite a while yeah. to go after that. I don't know. Like, that's... I don't think that's enough time for no. what he did. No. Especially since he planned it all. Yes. He I... doesn't feel any remorse. No. Like, it's not like he feels guilty about it. Like, I don't know. But Preston Taylor um, accepted a plea deal, like I said. Like, that's why he worked with the prosecution to kind of convict uh, Liam in this case. And he pled guilty to first-degree robbery 
second degree conspiring to commit a robbery, and second degree disturbing human remains. So he was not involved in the actual murder at all, so he was not charged with, like, he could not be charged with anything involving the murder because, like, he wasn't even there when it happened. So he could only be charged with robbery and, like, dumping her body, yeah. Um, So he was sentenced to 18 years, and he has to serve 15 years before he's eligible for parole. So, like, he could be released after 15 years, but he will definitely be released in 18 years, Mm -hmm. which would be, like, 38, which is also... Yeah. Like... Very young. And he had, like, the opportunity... Like, I don't know. It's, like... I mean, some people might say, like, oh, he had nothing to do with the murder... So like, but he planned it. But he, he like, also was so part part of it. Like he had every opportunity to stop this. Like he yeah. knew what was happening. Like he was he knew that it was gonna happen at some point. Like maybe he didn't know that it was gonna happen on that actual day. Like he could have said something. But like you knew that he was planning this. Like you could have gone to anybody to stop this mm-hmm. before it happened. So like I feel I have no sympathy for that. Like and like he helped plan. So he was yes. probably like encouraging him to do it. Yeah. And who knows, maybe he was supposed to also help yeah. kill her. Like just cuz he didn't that doesn't mean like Easy. he couldn't plan another one. Like I don't know, like just cuz he didn't do this one, like it I don't know, like he yeah. he's obviously capable of like horrible things cuz he mm-hmm. threw her body off the side of the bridge. Like I don't know. I think he kind of chalked it up to like oh well I just had to like follow him along like I was kind of scared Mm. of like what he was gonna do to me but I don't know you had every opportunity to yeah to stop this before it happened so if Anthony could do what he did yeah like literally like (laughs) in a hell of a lot more like dangerous situation like (laughs) he's a snitch like (laughs) you know like yeah he was in a lot so they're both in jail um I don't know exactly where they're serving their sentence out, but they will be in jail for um, Liam, 25, or life plus 10 years, and Preston for 18 years. But Sarah's body has still never been found, so like like I stated, it, it may have been very, very easy for her body to disappear into the ocean very quickly, um, just because of the tide and the time of year it was. Like It was December. It's really, really rough. Um, there's like very high tides and very low tides in the winter. So like the ocean rises and falls to such extremes that the river becomes like really rough and things just get swept out super quickly. Like, so it's, it's very possible that her body did just disappear like within the hours, even after she was thrown over, um, which would make sense as to why like the dive team wasn't able to find it because it had already... Yeah. Um, But her father, in the years after her death, uh, set up the Sarah Lee Stern Memorial Scholarship Fund for students interested in going to school for the arts. Mm. So they, interviewers asked him, you know, like, how do you want to remember your daughter? And he said, like, as an artist, like, she wanted to give her art to the world. And so I want to give the gift to art of art to like anybody who wants Mm. to follow that passion. So So he set up um, that scholarship fund. I will like, link it in an Instagram post if anybody wants to donate to it. Um, and he's just tried to move on as much as he can. Uh, he said that he talks to her every single day and just like make sure she's okay wherever she is. Um, and he's like, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm glad that I have at least some closures to like what happened. Yeah. And so. But 
Yeah, I really feel for him because he lost his wife and, and now his, daughter. his daughter. Yeah. So, it sucks. Uh-huh. But I personally think that it wasn't about the money at all. Like, I don't think that he murdered her for the money. I think it was, like, an excuse. Like, I think he killed her just, like, as an ex- like said he was going to rob her just as an excuse for killing her. Like, I think he just wanted to kill somebody is, like, what it seemed like to me. Like, I don't think he really I, th- I mean I think he cared about the money but I think it was more like he was trying to rationalize it to himself mm-hmm. like oh I have to because like what you I'm sure you could have just asked her for money like if you wanted money so bad like she's yeah. your best friend since first grade like you know like they were like so close like if you really needed the money like I'm sure she would have given some to you yeah like you like did not need to dollars. you did not need to murder her for the money or if you really need the money like why did you not just rob her like yeah you know like i think that it was i think that like he's he a psychopath and he just wants to like cuz then he made all those comments like oh what am i supposed to do live a boring life like yeah. like he wanted to live a more interesting life by murdering somebody and he's like i expected to feel different like i don't feel any different like i think it, he just it wanted to murder shit. somebody <laughs> but that's like my thinking. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Which. Which is just so sad, but I mean, I hope she's with her mom now. Yeah. But it was just, it was just nuts. Oh, I was gonna say I'm curious to know about his like childhood and if he showed like signs or anything yeah I couldn't find anything um but I mean it seems like his mom literally yeah of anything that he could have done like kind of wrote off like he was Mm -hmm. never the one at fault so I wouldn't be surprised if he had kind of portrayed signs like this before and it was just never reported because his mom like protected him wow yeah but that is it for this week. Yeah. That's it for the episode number three. Yay! Yes. So we will be back next week with another Stay case. Tuned. And we will see you next time. Yeah.